Welcome everyone to the Almost Cancelled TV Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Yeah. And fulfilling the prophecy to make sure that every single person who exists on male fuzz in some capacity owns a cat, Connor will soon be a cat daddy. I'm dreading it. It'll be a nightmare. Cats don't like me. <laughs> Stands to reason I don't like you very much. So. Yeah, no, the, the cats in particular. Just, just all cats. They can sense. Look. They can sense the truth. Yeah. They can tell you don't have a soul. Well, that, that might be what it is. I, I always <laughs> assumed it was my allergy, but... Maybe this it's the soul thing, yeah. This is great news. So, uh, yeah, there's a TV podcast, we get together, we talk about pilots, uh, show pickups, renewals, cancellations, premiere dates, all that sort of stuff. So we got a whole host of things to talk about this week. Uh, some interesting, some amusing, some... neither of those things. Uh, so why are we talking about them? Because it'll upset you. What is there in the... <laughs> Nothing specific. There's nothing specific. It was just a good answer to the question. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Well, look, there, there, there is often things that I, I'm sure you put in just to annoy me. <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into it though. Um, well, actually, start. Is there anything to update you on TV review wise this week? Um, I did start watching for all mankind. And I got my first review of that. I've actually recorded the second one already, so I've watched up to episode seven of of season one. So the first uh, the first batch of reviews is out in one video. Second one's coming next week. So uh, if you're interested in my thoughts on that, uh, that's out, and you can go check that out. Uh, so yeah, that's the only oh, oh the first Outlander review went out this week as well. Actually, worth mentioning. Oh yeah, we that. did do that. Yeah, yeah, me and Connor are trying Outlander, that's one where both both of us are on that. And uh, the first episode's out this week. Uh, we're going to be watching the first half of the season, at least, to see if we want to continue it. Uh, so that's eight episodes we're committing to. So you can go check out the first one right now, if you like, on the YouTube channel. But, uh, yeah. So Yeah, two, two months of Outlander reviews to, to decide whether or not there'll be more. We'll see how, either way. I don't really know yet, but I don't want to imply that I know and accidentally tease one way or the other, so... No, it's still early days. <clears throat> yes. Uh, the second one's already up for patrons as well, so if, you, if you're if you a patron early access member, you can go and uh, have, a, have a look at that as well. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let's get into things. Uh, we have some renewals and a couple of cancellations of sorts. Uh, I'll just start with the, the big one. House of the Dragon has been renewed. For season two at HBO. Shocking. Episode one broke all kinds of ratings, records or something. I, I don't know. I've not actually watched it yet. But I, I will. Soon. It got a very positive response, which is particularly notable in light of the negative response the end of Game of Thrones got, so... Yeah. That's true. That, that, that does help. Yeah, so... Uh, although I did see some complaints about dodgy wigs, but that seemed to be the extent of it. I mean, could tell that just from the trailer. There's a lot of blonde, like, you know, like that platinum blonde wigs that, like the one Amelia Clark wore, so. Yeah. Is Matt Smith ever going to, like, look 
like a normal human being in a movie or a TV I, show? I saw for the first bit, I saw a clip of him in Morbius. Because someone at work showed me. And it's just him. Dude, look, like he's like dancing or something at some point. I'm like, what is this movie? I don't think I realized he was in more. Or if I knew that, I'd forgotten it, certainly. Oh, at some yeah, point. yeah, yeah. He, he morbs. I don't know. It's not the first connection he's had to Game of Thrones, though. He was in a film with Amelia Clark in 2015. Was he in the Terminator film? Terminator Genesis! I died. Gracefully never saw it. He played Skynet. He played Skynet? <laughs> he played Skynet. <laughs> As a physical person? Kind, kind of. I, I, you know, I, I hate what it. What the hell is that movie? That's like, I mean, I, I hate giving Skynet like a face and a voice, but that's not even the worst of that movie's problems. It's not even the worst of that movie's problems. Might not have been the top three of that movie's problems. Um, so... <laughs> but yes. So of all the things, I, I think you were going to tell me, oh, he played the villain, or, you know, something like that. Not, not, um, not, he plays Skynet. That, that was not what I was expecting that sentence to end with. It's not even that big a role. He's only in, like, a couple of scenes. Oh, what I never do, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, turning John Connor into a villain, now that was, that was the biggest... That's what they did. He's like he's like part Terminator or something. It's 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 a stupid movie. It's a stupid movie. Mm. You shouldn't watch Terminator Genesis. Well, Connor should. I but... can't want to now. <laughs> I have morbid curiosity. Oh dear. Um. So yes, House of the Dragon has been used for season two, and I love how instead of talking about the show because I don't care about Game of Thrones, you've not watched this yet. We talked about Terminator Genesis because Matt Smith was in it. Because. Matt Smith is fantastic and is always worth talking about. <laughs> the only other thing I know about House of the Dragon, really, is that the uh, the older Scottish guy from Outlander that we were laughing at in the first episode with the name, turns out he's in House of the Dragon as well. Bobby Tavish? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We weren't laughing at it because it was a ship in there. We were just laughing because it was ultra-Scottish. So it wasn't... yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with McTavish. No, no, no offense to McTavish, he's out there. Oh, soap is the best. Yeah. Uh, that's there, there, there are lots of people who got that reference, and you are not one of them. And I knew you wouldn't get that reference, but it's fine. It was a good reference. Moving on. Uh, the Umbrella Academy has been renewed for a fourth and final season at Netflix. Getting the, I mean, the final season treatment. Four seasons. I mean, for a Netflix show, it's definitely not bad. But in general, four seasons isn't terrible anyway. Yeah. And knowing knowing that it's your final season helps. I'm a little pissed, though, that this is getting the fourth and final season when Glow was supposed to get it, but then it got cancelled due to uh, COVID. So now that just doesn't have its final season. But they, they got renewed. They just got cancelled again later. Yeah. So I, I saw an article Alison Brie was talking about it this week, and then that was next to this, and I was like, ugh. Stupid Umbrella Academy. Um... Yeah. There was also an article, this is not TV specifically, but there was also, just as I brought up Alison Brie, Dan Harmon was talking about the Community movie this week, and how he thinks it's a question of when, not if. I had already written it off as not happening, so I like, sure, give me some hope, Harmon. Yeah, I saw something as well, oh, they, might be, they might do two. So, six so seasons like, and two movies, oh baby. Yeah, and I was like, what? 
sexy. I, I didn't. I didn't read into it because I'm like, you know, I mean, if, yeah. I'm at that stage of I don't want to know anything because I don't. I don't really believe it'll ever actually happen. So I don't. I don't want to read about it too much. Mm-hmm. Six seasons in a trilogy. Now that's 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 what you did. I, I did see just on the topic of TV, random TV things. Um, Neil Gaiman tweeting about previous Sandman uh, adaptations that never got made. And um, one of them, uh, he, 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 the script was so terrible that he leaked it himself to make sure it never got made. Um, and it was a, uh, a John Pierce produced thing. Do you want to guess, guess what it featured? I mean, I already saw this, so yeah, like, there's no yeah. surprise for me here. But uh, yeah. I mean, John Pierce, there's, there's one particular thing he's got a taste for, a fetish for, you might say. One he's particular element he tried to shoehorn into a Superman movie. And did shoehorn it into at least one movie that did get finished and released. That movie being Whale Whale West. Uh, and that thing is... Giant Mechanical Spiders. Mm-hmm. I, I thought for sure it would at least be... Like, Nightmare Spiders in this. No, 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 it was just straight up Mechanical Spiders. Yeah, to be fair to Superman, it wasn't mechanical. It was just, uh... Well... Oh. I believe they were titled Thanagarian Snare Beasts in, they the, were. in, in the script, but they were, they were just giant alien spiders. But that, that man has a thing for giant spiders. He likes uh, giant spiders. I don't. Uh, but I, I saw the head. I saw the headline, and I was like, "There's got to have been spiders in that script." Uh, so that's umbrella academy get a fourth final season. Uh, oh, here's what I care about: Kirby enthusiasm has been renewed for season twelve by HBO. Um, Is it not already? Well, this is the weird thing about Curb, is that it's not really so much that it gets renewed, it's more like the renewal is just the announcement that Larry Davis is saying, I'm doing another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's which is always inevitable. Uh, I mean, he's kind of like, he's in his 70s now. I mean, you, you, you know, you right, right up until he dies, there's always another one. Yeah, he may slow down at some point, but he's, you know, he's, he's getting me to do one every few years, and uh, bless him. More of it, please. So, that's good. Um... Uh, here's news that makes me very happy. <laughs> We're at cancellations now. Oh, what what, what got cancelled? Go on. The Resident I knew, Evil... I knew it was going to be a cancellation. Yeah. You know Resident Evil, the Netflix TV show, has been cancelled after one season. Why are you happy about that? Because so it was... that was like your favourite show of the last ten years. Yes, yes, very good. Uh, absolute trash. Uh, so, nothing of value was lost. Bye-bye. I mean, except for all the jobs that the crew were provided with. And nah, it's not worth it. <laughs> sure, the crew did a, did a perfectly sign, fine job. There's other shows, there's other movies. Uh, you know, there's a Probably, balance. Yeah. There's a balance between jobs for the industry and good content that I wish to be hit. And this show was lowering that bar. So let's not speak any more of it. It's gone. And I couldn't be happier. Admittedly, people are going to make me watch the rest of season one on stream. I've already had to watch episode two and three. But, <laughs> but once I'm done with these eight episodes, when that inevitably happens, that's it. It's done. Uh, all you're doing is getting closer to the point where they run out of objectively bad shit and just have to make you watch anime. They'll never run out of objectively bad shit. Are you, are you, are you familiar with this industry? Um, yeah, unfortunately so, I am. Alright, well, here's something to upset you then. Uh, Batman the Cape Crusader, the animated series that Bruce Timm was working on at HBO Max, 
is not being picked up by HBO Max. And there is a bit of hope. Uh, they said they're going to shop it around. They still want to do it. And there's already like reports coming out that like multiple places are, are excited this, about picking it up. This will be made. This yeah. will be seen. Because this is... You've got, one, Batman. Batman sells. Two, you've got Bruce Tim. So you can... The marketing is easy. Uh, three, just yeah, for, for more, like, you know... To, bit more niche market but you've got like ed brubaker working on it mm. now apparently apple amazon and a few others are already like you know chomping at the bit to get this batman show and it's so weird to me that hbo max gave this up and then when this comes out and is a hit somewhere else like i've got a feeling warner are going to look at themselves and I, go why did we give that up i don't know they they must have some internal metrics and estimations that are saying they can get more money from selling it than the subscription, you know, the new subscribers it would it would drive. Well, yeah, there may be some truth to that, but I actually saw an interesting thing because they finally revealed when these DC movies that were going to be delayed or delayed to, right? So, uh, one's next Christmas, uh, one's March. Aquaman, Aquaman's Christmas. Uh, so Shazam 2 is like March. So they've all been sort of bumped back, right? Um, and the Flash is, you know, whatever right now. Uh, non-existent as far as i'm concerned but basically the executives are hoping that ezra miller doesn't do anything else until it comes out and then they'll never work with them again and that's the hope there, there but, was a whole thing today about ezra miller being like yeah i i, I you know you know and I, I know you know did some bad stuff but if you're gonna cancel the movie i'll behave yeah it's not because anything that they did was wrong but because oh canceling my movie oh i have to so anyway the point i was getting at is that apparently part of the reason why all these delays have happened is that because of how much money it costs to market a movie, and Warner Discovery, in terms of the movie side of the business, are so strapped for cash right now, they can only afford to release a couple of big movies this year. <laughs> so they're only releasing Black Adam, and something I also just learned about today is this Olivia Wilde movie that's going through its own PR nightmare, because apparently Olivia Wilde pissed off Florence Pugh so much that Florence Pugh's like, refusing to do any advertising for it. Uh, <laughs> What the hell? And Shia LaBeouf was cast in it at first, but he got replaced with Harry Styles. Uh, wow, that's a downgrade. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And there's a, there's a leaked video that Olivia Wilde sent to Shia begging him to not leave the movie. And like it kind of came off as very dismissive of Florence Pugh because she's like, oh yeah, Miss Flo, like, she needs to go over this or something like that. I remember the exact word. In, so don't quote me exactly, but it sounded very dismissive of her. Uh, so it's not painting Olivia Wilde in a great light. This, because she's directing the movie. She's also in it, I think, as well. But the the main role is directing. Um, so it's uh, but that's coming out uh this year. I can't remember the title Maybe. of it. No, it's definitely coming. There's a trailer for it and everything. Like it's 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 pretty locked in. But uh, yeah. Um. So who who Man. knows the specifics at this point? But uh, Discovery just trying to burn Warner down at this point. I just think it's funny, but, you know, between that and The Flash, like, just, like, some of their movies are just, like, just covered in shit PR right now. It's, it's, uh, it's something else. They, they could do with some new spin doctors. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the, <laughs> the directors of uh, Batgirl that couldn't even find the movie on the servers that they were using to, like, work they, they, on they, it. They got locked out of it, yeah. yeah. Um, which doesn't actually mean it's been deleted entirely, but obviously that was the, the worry that everyone had immediately, was that, oh, they've actually just erased it from, from existence. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was no. more just but um, they made a point of saying it's not finished we couldn't release it they, they still had pickups mm. that they needed to shoot uh, there were VFX that weren't finished it was like 
you know, it, it's not a case of they could have just grabbed the footage and leaked it. It, it is not a finished product yet, which is a shame because it means it probably won't ever be now. Um, it, it seems kind of damned. I know that there was a whole thing like I they mean... were having a little final viewing party of what was there before they before it gets locked in the vault. I mean, a little creative edit. You can always finish FX later if they ever decide to do a nostalgia release for some reason. Yeah, it, dep it depends how essential some of the things that they needed to pick up were, really, doesn't it? Uh, just do some CG, like, fill-ins. <laughs> do some old, like, animated storyboards just to... <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they worked out with the Donner cut. They can, they can do the Batgirl cut of, of her own movie. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, you can tell there's a lot of interest in movie news just because, well, because it's kind of sp sp spilling into these relevant TV stories. Uh, yeah. But this is the ongoing saga of HBO Max and Warner Discovery and everything they're doing right now, which is basically just a complete shit show. And it's kind of wild that yeah, Warner Brothers, who I would consider, like I would have considered. I mean, Disney have kind of eclipsed them a little bit now because they've bought so much. But I would have said Warner Brothers was the biggest movie studio, at least from my perspective, before. Like 10, 15 years ago, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then I, then I would have said that Universal, Paramount, and all the others, you know, those other big ones would have been equal seconds. But now, obviously, Disney bought Marvel and Star Wars and has skyrocketed to uh, the, the Even main. before that, like, I would say before the Fox acquisition, Disney was still... Sure, sure, yeah. Relatively niche in that they, they had a very specific target that, that was the other one I was actually trying to think of there, was Fox with Universal and uh, yeah. Paramount. Because mm. I think, like, Disney, like, 90% of the stuff was still, like, you know, family-aimed stuff. Obviously, not all, all, all of it was animated, obviously, that's what they're, they're famous for, but a lot of their stuff was family-orientated. It was fairly... It's a big niche, but it's still, you know, a relatively specific target audience yeah yeah you know and you know so with fox we've been absorbed at disney so fox is gone um you know and you know obviously like you know i, I have no love for ethnic like fox news but and the fox network as a tv channel is pretty hit and miss but 20th century fox the movie studio i have a lot of nostalgia for they made a lot of movies that i really like mm. um and warner brothers i mean warner brothers you know Hopefully this is a phase. Warner Brothers, hopefully in 10 years' time, will be strong again and releasing a bunch of movies. And But, you know, there's this worry that we're, we're just condensing and condensing and, uh, you know, who knows what we'll end up with if we, you know, if someone buys, you know, Warner's or Discovery just kind of, like, it's, shuts the movie I'll, side of it down or whatever. To, to bring a little, like, gaming analogy, it's starting to feel a little bit like a Konami situation where... Yeah, they they exist. They still function. They still technically release some things, but everything's just kind of shit. It's lost its appeal, and the things they do make are just not what they used to. Be. But they but they refuse to sell the brands and and you know let other mm. people do anything with them. So everything will just kind of sit and nothing will happen. I do have more hope that they'll turn it around compared to Konami, though, just because. Oh, yeah, like, because we're still at the start of this. We're still at the start, but like there's still a lot more. Like a movie studio is bigger than a video game studio, right? It is. It just it absolutely is. is. And the the brands that they have, like, because I mean, they're still doing Batman too, and like I know you didn't like the first one as much, but they're still letting Matt Reeves make that movie, so they're going to have at least one banger hey. <laughs> in hey. a few years' time. We have a Joker too. No, piss off! That's okay. That's that's in the shit no, pile. No, no, no. That's in the shit Joker pile. two musical with Lady Gaga is somehow the most interesting Warner Bros. movie that is going to happen in the next five years. 
I'm not gonna say it's the best movie, most interesting. I can't I can't get behind this. Okay. Most interesting. Yeah. But I did think it was interesting though that part of the reason for delays was that they couldn't afford to market too many movies like this year, so they had to wait. How how much are they paying the rock for all his nonsense marketing he's been doing? <sighs> Is that where all their budget's going? I mean, congrats to The Rock for milking them for whatever pennies they've got right now, because I think he's, he's getting all of them. He, he is everywhere spouting absolute nonsense all the time about this Black Adam movie. He showed up at the Game Awards! It had nothing yeah. to do with games, he just he, he promoted his energy drink and... Something. Like, yeah, like, he just... Every, every week I just see a new interview with him spouting just random bullshit about the movie. Oh, dear. Uh, I hope he goes full heel and starts like on a wrestling promo board and starts referring to the other DC characters as jabronis and like ah my my movie's the only one that's coming out <laughs> the rest of these guys are losers. <laughs> Black Adam's going to lay the smackdown and all these jabronis. He he might be contractually obli contractually obligated to not do that you know but <laughs> you never know. He can go into business for himself. It's fine. Yeah, he probably could. That's, that's, that's actually specifically a wrestling term for when they go off script, is get into business for themselves. Fair enough. Uh, so it was, very, it was an apt moment to use it, and I know you didn't get it, but I'm sure some... The dozens out there that got that reference will appreciate it. I, I think more people got my reference out. Actually, that's, that's true. But that's I thought more people got my reference earlier. People in other countries got my reference there. People in other countries got my reference. You're just an uncultured swine. Whatever. Alright, uh, we got a trailer for a comedy coming from Hulu this week. It, I have a question. Oh, yeah. Is it a comedy or is it a documentary? Oh, it's a comedy. Yeah, are we sure? It's completely fictional. This, this show, are we sure? The show that they are doing in the show did not exist. This is completely a fictional thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that feels like, uh, like the, at the start of some stories, you know, the the names and locations have been changed <laughs> to protect the, the parties well, I mean, involved. Clearly, this is a very meta show that's, 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 that's you know, commenting and making fun of a lot of modern trends, which is why it feels like it could just be a documentary. But uh, it's called Reboot, and it's, it's got a bunch of faces in it. you got Keegan-Michael Kay, you got Johnny Knoxville, Judy Greer, uh, you got uh, Paul Reiser's in here as kind of the old writer who's a bit racist and, like, you know, from a, a previous era. Uh, but the the, pro the 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 plot of the show is that the, a, a bunch of these characters were actors in a sitcom a couple of decades ago, and that they've decided to reboot it. So they're all coming back now, and this is them doing the reboot season. Uh, but it's you know, it's a comedy about making the reboot show. Uh, and honestly, I thought the premise looked quite good from, from mm -hmm. this trailer. Okay. Uh, you know, some of the jokes it felt kind of like as someone who follows TV and talks about TV news, it was especially hitting some of my funny bones. Yes, it, it was very like okay. We we know who this is appealing to. There yes. was a bit at the end where, the, you know, one of the characters was like, oh, you know, it, it's it's my first step into humor, and and they were like, so what's your job role? Like, oh, you know, vice president of comedy. <laughs> I think it was just head of comedy. I think it was even worse. <laughs> it was a head of. I, th I thought it was like one underneath or something, but whatever. Yeah, the the point still stands. Yeah, also, also specifically working at Hulu as well, I think they said. Yeah, yeah, I think they're using Hulu to actually be the, the studio yeah. for, for the, the thing. Um, I did appreciate, there's a joke in this where, so Keegan Michael Kay and Judy Greer, who were actors on the show, their characters were actors on the show, I should say, uh, they used to have a relationship, so it's kind of awkward now because they've, you know, they've both got their own relationships now or whatever. 
And they have this like fumbly bumbly bit where she's trying to get her jumper off in the trailer and he has to help her like unhook the bra because it's like stuck in the, the, the bra strap. And she ends up with sort of standing there topless with him. And this really made me laugh. Not because the scene itself is amazing on its own, but if you know Arrested Development, this feels like a distinct reference to Arrested Development because she had a running gag on that show where when she was quitting her job uh, from the booths, she would always lift up her top and say, say goodbye to these, show her boobs and leave. Obviously never saw it, it was a sitcom, but that was kind of a running gag. I can't help but feel <laughs> that this is a very intentional be, yeah. reference to that in, in some way, but... Uh, yeah, you've got this young writers' room who are working on the show, but you got Paul Reiser who comes in as the, the the original creator and starts making all these dodgy comments that they're all kind of reacting to. So it's like, you know, the the, the premise is pretty strong. Uh, you know, I, I, I see potential in this. Yeah, whether or not it sustains over you know a season is dependent on the characters. Yeah, I think, I think is good. yeah, the fact that it's on Hulu and only be ten episodes, I think means that it's probably not going to have to worry about that too much uh so that's going to premiere on the 20th of september um so uh, i actually didn't find this when i was looking for stuff to put in the pilot vote otherwise it probably would have been on the vote for next month so you could just do it anyway i'll definitely watch it (laughs) (laughs) i might review it if people want to review a reboot let me know Uh, i'll 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 give it a look but uh it looks entertaining so that's 20th of september it's got a very meta sort of, you know, it's all, all about the current trends in the TV industry, basically, and, and poking fun at them. Uh, with reasonably, I mean, I don't really have any love for Johnny Knoxville because Jackass is not my thing. No. Uh, but all I'm saying is, I'm I'm waiting for the day in that show where they start incorporating my my drinking rules. <laughs> see if we get a scene where they're writing the logline for the show coming back and they put in personal and professional if they do that I'm convinced they watch us <laughs> they just wrote the script they just listened to like you know a dozen episodes of a show and just, just wrote down some notes <laughs> oh dear alright let's get on to some uh... oh, well, I, we'll get one kind I didn't make you watch this because it was like a few seconds but I wanted to just mention it uh, after House of the Dragon premiered, they put uh, HBO do this every once in a while. They put a sizzle reel up for their mm-hmm. up- upcoming stuff. And they don't have much left this year. It was mostly all 2023 stuff. Uh, but the first ever footage of the Last of Us show was just kind of snuck in. Oh there. yeah, I, I saw it existed. And, yeah, bother watching it. Uh, to where, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of the game, so I, I was particularly interested in seeing you know what it looked like. And, and there's only a few snippets. Uh, I will say Pedro Pascal. He does like a line from the game. You know, there's a specific moment in the game where Joel says you have no idea what loss is, or something to that effect. And he delivers that line in this little snippet, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? Like, I didn't really see him as Joel before, because he's a very different-looking and sounding guy, but I'm like, I got the gravitas of Joel from that, you know, even with the differences. So I was like, oh, you know, okay, all right. Uh, So, you know. Cool. I'm sure I'll watch it when it comes out. It looks prestigious, you know, I'm excited to check it out. I mean, it's the the only video game adaptation that I have any real hope for, and I think part of that is because Neil Druckmann is already a good writer in the games, and he's also working on the show, so... And then you've also got Craig Mazin, who worked on Chernobyl, working on this, which I thought was excellent, so, you know. Yeah, the Horizon Zero Dawn one could be okay, because that seems to be following, like, something... Just setting the world off, Well, right? more, more on that later. I did not realise there was more on that later. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's not really much new, but technically it's more of an official announcement, because we didn't get one... You know, before it was like, oh, there's a bit of list of things in development. Now it's actually okay. more official, official. So. Fair enough. Look forward to that later. But yeah, uh, so you can go check out the uh, 
20 seconds of Last of Us footage. Uh, but that's coming in 2023. I imagine it would be early in 2023 because they, they got done shooting a while ago now. Uh, so I suspect mm-hmm. even with a hefty post period, it's probably going to be like a spring. Probably more just depends on HBO's schedule than anything else. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But hey. So that is coming next year. And there's not a high bar, admittedly. But it could very easily be the best video game adaptation. What would you say is right now? The most enjoyable one? No, no, best. I mean, best. Yeah, I don't think there are any really stand out. Uh, I'm probably forgetting something that technically counts, but... Uh, maybe... Like my, my gut response was the Tomb Raider movie. I was going to say the that, team- the Vikander one. Yeah, and it's not that good. It's just like, it's just okay. It's it's a it's a fine movie. It's just okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most fun one to watch is the original Mortal Kombat, and I hate to say that because you know Paul W. S. Iris is one of my arch nemesis, but uh, it's 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 remarkably watchable and silly. So that's true. I I, I haven't watched Monster Hunter yet. Maybe that's stupider. <sighs> it was more boring. To be honest. And there's so much CG used these days. It's just a lot of bad yeah. CG, dull character. Uh, yeah, nah, terrible. Uh, I, I can't recommend it. So, yes. But, uh, yeah. In fact, on that subject, uh, Netflix are doing a Bioshock movie and they got a director this week. So. Really? Yeah. I, I don't imagine Netflix giving it enough money to really make Bioshock work on live action, but <laughs> I guess we'll see. See, so you say that, but because it has a lot of that, that steampunky vibe, you can probably get away with it kind of cheap. I'm thinking more like when water actually gets involved. That's true. It is very water heavy. <laughs> that, that's my worry. Uh, yeah. You can't cheap out in the Big Daddy either. You need, need, need Big Daddy needs to look good. Uh, that, always. All right. Uh, I have some things. I don't usually have too many casting things, but there's a few notable ones this week for various reasons. Um, so one is that there's a, a comedy on Peacock that's going to be coming soon called Bupkis, and it already had um, Pete Davidson and uh, Edie Falco in it, uh, but the news that's noteworthy I thought here is that Joe Pesci has been cast in it. He is coming out of retirement to do a comedy on Peacock. I was say, when was the last time he did anything? Well, technically, I mean, other than The Irishman, which was kind of, that was like the big deal, he was coming back to do The Irishman with Scorsese, before that it had been like decades, like he was done for a long yeah. time, you know, since the early nineties, maybe the mid nineties or something like that. Uh, okay, that is pretty notable casting then. Like yeah, that. so that, that's what just what I was saying. Like, Joe Pesci, he's coming uh, for that. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there he is. Um, so he's going to play the grandfather of the family in the show. Uh, mm, makes sense. Yeah. So no. Yeah, it's a it's well combined grounded storytelling with absurd elements. From the unfiltered and original worldview for which Davidson is well known. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, Joe Pesci. Uh, notable because we like the show and the actors are big enough names. So The Boys season four has some some casting. Jeffrey Ooh. Dean Morgan has been cast. Uh, He's always good in everything. Despite, what? no matter what the, you know, whatever else around, you know, show you know, might be. He's oh, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, so season four just started shooting this week as well, so worth mentioning that, too. Uh, okay. 
uh, some of the cast were sharing photos, sent back to work and stuff like that. So uh, they're, they're getting going in that. Obviously, we're expecting the spin-off first, uh, Gen V, but uh, they're already at work yep. in Season 4, so it's it's well on its way. So, cool. Yeah. I'm glad Amazon is still going pretty well with the boys, because I know that there's been a lot of talk this week about how the, the Lord of the Rings show is kind of make or break for Amazon as a as a streaming mm. service and uh, you know how much they're probably going to lose on it just just no matter how well it performs just because the obscene amount of money they've spent on it uh, yeah. and how it, it kind of affects a lot of that other shows as well potentially so yeah, yeah more boys please they're keeping his character secret you know I assume he's the villain of the season because he feels like it could ah, be but maybe, maybe that's the twist because um. we, you, you, you see that and you're like yeah of course he's the villain What's interesting, this is another example of uh, Kripke taking a Supernatural cast member and, and putting them in. Because uh, we've already had Bobby, who was, who's had a small role sort of recurring throughout. Uh, obviously, season three had Jensen Ackles, and then Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan played his father on Supernatural. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, maybe it's a lot, a lot of Supernatural people showing up here or there. Imagine if he's the father again. <laughs> yeah. Um... And obviously he's had one or two actors from Timeless as well, which is also a Kripke show. So he's definitely bringing in a lot of names that he, that he knows that are reliable. Yeah, so, why wouldn't you? So that's cool. Yeah, but no. Um, and this one is notable, fairly a big star, but also because it's a replacement as well. Uh, Ewan McGregor has been cast in Paramount Plus's upcoming series, a UK drama called A Gentleman in Moscow, and he's replacing Kenneth Branagh. I really like Kenneth Branagh, and I, I vaguely remember talking about this in the past because of Kenneth Branagh. Mm. There was a lot of McGregor as well. So yeah, there was a lot of interviews and stuff this week because the Edinburgh TV film, uh, just TV festival. There's also an Edinburgh film festival, like they're separate. <laughs> but uh, mm. that that was going on this week, and uh, I, I don't know if it's because he's Scottish and that's why they specifically announced it there. If it just happened to line up, but uh, that's a lot of both, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. serendipitous, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, uh, so McGregor's going to play Count Alexander Rostov, who, in the aftermath of the Russian Revolution, finds that his gilded past places him on the wrong side of history. In the adaptation of uh, Amor Tull's international best-selling novel that heads into production later this year. So this is kind of continuing a, a weird tradition, because Sean Connery played a Russian, famously, in The Hunt for Red October. Mm. I wonder if uh, McGregor will do a better job of hiding his accent. <laughs> I suspect he might, mainly because it's a very low bar. Yes, because he's not Sean Connery, who <laughs> could not hate his accent at all. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> um, also, Hugh McGregor hides his accent pretty regularly, to varying degrees of success, depending on what role. But I, I think he does well when he's doing English. See, when he's doing Obi-Wan and he's doing that sort of English accent, I think it sounds fine. I think he's American's a bit effy sounding. Yeah, yeah that, that's fair. But, I mean, we'll see on this one. Um, so yeah is that, is that all the casting news uh yeah i think so i, I think that's technically one of the new shows but that's just because we're not talking about the show yet before so okay. in that case i'll just give a slight casting update okay uh, obviously we spoke last week about um uh in superman and lois yeah yeah the, the uh john Kent yeah. being recast yeah he kind of had a little like he spoke out a little bit this week and Kind of talked about it was because of him. Men- uh, he, he didn't say directly, but there was like a strong implication. He was, you know, he was focusing on his, his mental health mm. and um, said he's considering quitting acting altogether. 
Well, um, it, was, so. it was pretty good. So it's a shame in that sense. But I mean, this yeah. is a, this is a good reason. And, and when I say it's a good reason, I mean in the sense that it wasn't because of conflict. It wasn't because he was acting shitty or someone else was acting shitty to him. It was purely he had to make this personal choice for himself, and it was it's, you know it's the right choice if that's what he needs. So it is. I know we we were speculating last week, amongst others, that yeah you know, maybe it was you know COVID vaccination stuff, uh, not wanting that. And, and technically, that that's still possible here. Maybe this, you know, lack of you know wanting to quit acting is because well, you know kind of everywhere is requiring it, and he he doesn't want to. But yeah, that, uh, that's less nice. But you know, it, it is, and it's still like there's still enough wiggle room in the kind of vague statements they they gave that that could still be the case. But I think for now, we're I mean, more willing to benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Um. All right, so some industry stuff in general here. Uh, we've talked about Netflix launching an ad-supported tier. Yes. And uh, apparently that is going to start in certain areas later this year, uh, between 7 and $9, and then it'll roll out worldwide next year as an option. Do we have any more details on it yet? Like, um, what it'll, like will it be just, you know, I'm assuming you won't get 4K on it, but will there be an option to have you know, ads with 4K? No, any, you know, do, do we have anything yet? Um. Da, 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 da. Uh, ba, 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 ba. I'm assuming we'll probably just have to wait till it launches and see what they offer, but... Oh, wait, no, hold on. Oh. Netflix reportedly will have four minutes of commercials per hour before and during some programs. Uh, right, I'm out. But not after. I'd rather it was after. Do before and after. <laughs> before and after, I can, I can, I mean, I'm the sort of person who pays for YouTube Premium just because I don't want ads, even when I'm watching videos on my phone. But also, you know, I, I can live with adverts before and after. It's but during. Oh, I mean, it's not necessarily evil uh, to an extent for some places. Obviously, if you're paying for a service, though, I, I don't think you should get ads in in the middle. Um. Right now is a good time to cure mid-roll ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to look for that. See, when I'm putting in the one mid-roll ad, I'm not looking for me doing that to do it. Even though, oh, even though it'd be funny. Even though it'd be really funny. I'm not doing it. It, it would be really funny. Too much effort. I'm not looking for it. <laughs> Quick, make a note of the time. <laughs> um, but, like, it's at least on, like, network TV, when you have, you know, scheduled ad breaks, the content is designed around that. When they're writing, you know, when they're shooting that, oh, when they're sure, editing yeah, it, yeah. it's written with that in mind, so you don't feel it quite as badly, get, I don't you, think. You get many cliffhangers, you get, like, sort of hooks, because they know that you're going for a little break. Um, and obviously, I know some people will say, well, if you put ads after, no one will watch them, but here's the beauty of it being their service, is that they can force the ads to play before it goes back to the menu. It's like, they just won't let you go to the menu until the ad plays. Yeah, you don't have to look at the screen, sure, but... Like, yeah, they're, like, short of you turning your whole system off and on again, right? Yeah. Which is probably more effort than just sitting through the ad and muting it. Hey, maybe they'll remember. Maybe they'll, like, say, no, when you boot back up, you've got, you've got a minute of ads left. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, four, minute, four minutes per hour is not extreme. I don't think. Like, you know, when we talk, like, even mm. on, on network shows, you're looking at, you know, 15 to 20 minutes per hour. Here's the thing. It depends how many chunks it's split up into, because, like, if that's, like, two minutes before and two minutes once in the middle, I think that's livable. If it's, like, a minute before and then, like, 
you know, six or seven 30 second chunks, so it's split up like a lot. Oh, yeah, that'd be awful. That, that would be terrible. So it really depends, like... But then, like, two minutes in the middle is... It's quite a long time to go from having no ads to two minutes, ch- to a two minute Oh, uh, yeah, chunk. but, like, two, two minutes is shorter than, a like, a commercial TV break. It is, it is, yeah. And you can still go get a piss or get a snack or, like, you know. It's, it's, it's two minutes to check the phone or something, you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm not really defending it. I'm just sort of saying that one bigger chunk is much, much better than it lots is, of little it, ones. It absolutely is. Yeah. So I I, it, it's not for me, and I don't know. I don't know how many people it is for. It remains to be seen. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait. To the, the sad part is, though, is I remember Netflix being that price without us. <laughs> you know, I remember it being that cheap. And it's it's Akimade. <laughs> That's the sad part though, it's not even that long ago, it's less than a decade. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Things have changed so quickly. <laughs> and you've got Disney doing the switcheroo as well, where we're gonna have the, the like the current price will be the the price with ads this, and then this this is starting to turn into old man yells at cloud, you know that, uh, yeah. A, a little bit sure, but like that is kind of what it feels like. It, it is, it is. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah, so it's got half a dozen test markets later this year, and then the full rollouts next year, so... Uh, okay. And another industry thing this week is that NBC are considering giving up their 10pm slot back to the local affiliates, meaning that they'll only have two hours of prime time that they're they're making content for each night. So mm-hmm. th- th- that's a significant amount. You know, that's five hours Monday to Friday, possibly up to six if you're including sunday i don't know i don't think they include maybe they do include saturday because i think they have uh, they have uh saturday Night live on nbc i think but um but i mean you know that's one less hour every night you know because cw used to be just two hours a night or maybe it still is actually now i'm thinking about it i think cw is just two hours a night i think cw is but they added in the summer they added the extra night and that's right and they added in the summer yeah because they never yeah. used to have sundays and then they added that in at one point yeah uh so i mean this could just be a case potentially five shows a season yeah it's, you know, it's less shows being made so that's it's bad from that sense um from their perspective it may just be a simple case of it's less shows to make so it's less to pay for <laughs> so you know yeah. give it back to the local affiliates and they can put on whatever they're going to put on uh so yeah apparently the internal discussions have gone on for a number of years at the comcast on nbcu according to a person familiar with the situation and no firm decision has yet been reached the soonest the move could be made would be a year from now, given the complex web of agreements in place with the affiliates and advertisers. So this is not something that's going to happen overnight. This is something, if it does happen, it'll be at a certain time a year. And if it doesn't happen next year, it'll be another year before it can happen again. But it says that they've been having these talks for years, so it sounds like it's been something they've been mulling Which over. Which means if it's coming out now, it means it's probably closer to happening in the near future. Which yeah. means we might have a bunch of shows on the chopping block in a few months' time. Yeah, just like how CW just cancelled like a bunch of stuff. NBC is going to be savage come next season. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll get into the uh, the new shows then. Uh, all on the, the the drama side of things. So kicking off, we're getting a new King Kong series. Uh, this is at Disney Plus. So I can I can hear Matt yelling in the distance. In celebration. <laughs> yeah, so they're in early development of King Kong, which is. Apparently a working title. Uh, maybe they'll want to make it 
snazzier for TV. I'll have a stupid colon. Yeah. Uh, King Kong, King of the Airwaves or something. Uh, so, yeah. Knows. What is this, the 1930s? A series for Disney+, Plus, which is uh, apparently an original story of the famous ape, uh, deals have just closed for the project from James Wan's Atomic Monster, uh, which would be the first live-action series in the Kong universe, written by Paper Girls creator uh, Stephanie Folsom. That's the creator of the show, not the comic book, obviously, because that's Brian K. Vaughan. Uh, King Kong is a serialized action-adventure drama that brings the classic monster story into the modern age, with a return to Skull Island and the dawn of a new Kong. The series will explore the mythology of King Kong's origin story and the supernatural mysteries of his home based on the IP from Marion C. Cooper's original books and the new King Kong novelizations by Joey DeVito. Wonder if he's related to Danny. I don't know what to find out. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Um, so what's notable about this, though, is if you remember, there's also a Godzilla show coming from Apple. Uh, Godzilla and the Titans. And that's got Kurt Russell in it, along with his son Wyatt Russell. The Godzilla show is set in the universe with the, the recent movies. It's part of the, the monsterverse. This King Kong show is not. This King Kong show is a completely just standalone thing. But they called it the Kongverse. Didn't they? Something no, like that. Call it the Monsterverse. No, this one. This one. They did not mention like the King Kongverse or something. Are you saying I said that when I was reading this out? You may have done, or I may have just read. Because I, I definitely saw this story earlier in the week, so I may have just like read that somewhere. <laughs> I did not say Kongverse. I'm sure. No, the set in the Kong universe. That was the end of that last oh, that first oh. bit. I'm I'm conflating that into Kongverse because why no, not? That's not a Kongverse. It's just. Just the, the universe of which King Kong presides. It's every universe. Oh, this one. Every, every universe has a Kong. Including this one. You just don't know it yet. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I am more excited about the Godzilla show for two reasons. One, I, I like Godzilla more <laughs> as, a, as a monster. Uh, and two, Apple are kind of winning me over with their content recently the production values are pretty high and i feel like they could probably do that not that disney plus cheap out but disney plus like so far like everything i've seen from them has had weird structure problems um you know i watched episode two of she hulk this week and like it was 28 minutes long which after you take off the six seven minutes of the credits at the end because they have really long credits on disney plus shows it was a sitcom length which would be fine if it was formatted like a sitcom but i don't really feel like it was it just felt is, like a is she hulk not I assumed it was because they kept marketing it as a comedy. It is a comedy, but it doesn't like it doesn't have the structure of a sitcom. So it's, it felt like it was just like a really rushed part of a serialized story. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me they just shot a few hours of content and then just arbitrarily chopped it up? Yes, that's a, basically <laughs> is what I'm saying. But you know, so I, I guess what I'm saying is, is Disney Plus have not really earned my trust. Yet. If anything, they have actively made me think that their shows are going to consistently have. A very specific kind of problem. Yeah, it's just because you haven't seen Andor yet. <laughs> well, neither of you. I'm, I'm I'm willing to just take my reputation on it. Oh, right, it's in the pilot vote again. They've they've got a chance. What do you mean again? They won. No, it won. It it, it, it didn't win. It scraped into the the upper territory of of the August vote. But then it became not an August show, so it has to win for September now. Again, September's competition. That's how this works. I hope you have to watch that and Lord of the Rings. 
Like, I know how the vote's going, so I know what it's looking like right now. I will not reveal anything. I, I would like to make a formal request for more people to go and join the Patreon right now. Um, just to influence this vote. Hey, the voting tier is a $10 tier, so you're making me money. <laughs> By all means, go, and, go sign up. <laughs> Support the content, keep all this crazy stupid shit coming. And make me miserable, apparently. Is the well, that is why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Um. So yes, King Kong show on Disney Plus. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh. So there you go. That was one of the bigger headlines of the week. Uh. Next up, Kathy Yan, who directed Birds of Prey and Dead Pigs, is going to executive produce and direct the live action series Paprika, based on the. <laughs> You sat. What? Do you, know the, do you know what this is? The the anime film. Well, uh, this, this is the novel it's based on, not the. Oh man. Yeah. But I mean, I've I've seen the, the anime. Yeah. Film. Uh, so based on the uh, Yasu Yas Yasutika, Yasutika maybe uh, maybe I need to conflate that a little bit. But uh, anyway, so yeah, Yasutika uh, Sui novel of the same name. Uh, this is Amazon Studios and Hivemind that are working on it. That doesn't necessarily mean it's for Amazon directly but it probably is if i probably get first look so i would assume so it curiously says amazon declined to comment which is weird okay um but paprika is a character driven sci-fi series with mind-bending narrative centering on uh technology that allows us to invade people's dreams so inception -y. Yeah. it no it, it inception may have slightly ripped it off and by slightly i mean very much do you think christopher nolan Yes. Red Paprika. I think he'd seen the movie. Like hundred percent, think he'd seen that anime, that that anime film. Yeah, I bet Inception's better though. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I bet it is. Incep look, I love Inception. I think Inception's amazing. It's probably my. Is it my favorite Nolan film? I don't know. It's up there. Paprika is special. Hmm. I'd actually really like to see you watch it, just just to see how you like, because it, it it doesn't it, it's not full of like typical anime tropes. Yeah, people it's... say Akira special, and I thought that was dog shit though. So okay, I don't... fine, but like you you didn't mind the Ghost in the Shell movie. Oh, that was all right. Uh, there was I think this, this falls more in line with that, like in the sense that it's not like anime tropes. It's like a you know like a a, a genuine like sci-fi movie. <laughs> a that real movie. To be animated. Say it. Say the phrase. A real movie. <laughs> no, I want to say it's not falling into anime TV tropes that you specifically hate. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so that's in the works. Uh, so, I'm I'm excited about that now. Mm. I don't think I'll live up to that that movie, but I'm excited because I mean I, I like Birds of Prey. I do not actually. I hate Birds of Prey, but that's uh no. Uh, that's that's a debate that we've had many a time. Uh, so I always win. Or you never win. Uh, so. Next up, Horizon Zero Dawn, which we heard about being in development a while ago, um, but this also comes with another series as well. So this is uh, Steve Blackman, and before <laughs> before anyone cracks Joe, I don't quite know what, but no, not Steve Blackman, the former wrestler, <laughs> who was the lethal martial artist-inspired character. I, I was wondering why you were chuckling after you said it, I was like, I'm, I'm missing something. I, I can hear his entrance music in my head as I say his name. Dun, 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 dun. Dun dun. Anyway, <laughs> you sure it's not this guy? 
<laughs> positive. Uh, but this is Steve Blackman, who actually works on the Umbrella Academy show, but that's coming to an end, and he's, he's re-upped a deal with Netflix to make more content for them. So the two things that he's working on uh, are Horizon Zero Dawn, um, which he's cr- co-created, and again, you know, in quotations, because it's based on some. But he's co-created the show uh, with Michelle uh, Lavretta. Horizon Zero Dawn is an epic sci-fi adventure series set a thousand years in the future in a strange and beautiful world full of primitive tribes and high-tech machines. All built in the bones of the old ones, the ruins of a present-day United States. The disaster that destroyed our world is long forgotten, but when these formerly peaceful machines mysteriously turn into a dangerous hunters of all life, a young outcast named Aloy discovers that the only chance to save her world is to fight to uncover what happened to ours. Uh, so if you played the game, you'll know what that, that that's the press. Yeah. But I'm a little disappointed because last time we heard about this, which obviously was not official, but yeah. last time we heard about this, it was not going to be following Aloy. It was just kind of set in the world. Mm. This is less interesting to me. I don't think I ever thought it wasn't going to follow Aloy. I just never specified it when that first story came out. Which is, I think it did. There was definitely something at some point which made me have that assumption. And I think, you know, it's such a... Yeah, booze. It's an easy world. To, I mean, maybe, but it's it's an easy world to to go. Oh, hey, this this is great for setting stories in, and just you know telling your own story, unshackled from having to adapt this one character who isn't that interesting anyway. Yeah. Um. The game is all right. Like I don't love the game. I I think it's uh solid Fine. enough for what it is, but it, you know it suffers from a lot of open world tropes that I don't really like. And I think the story concepts are good, but I think the way it's told in the game is a little bit dull, because you, you kind of go to NPC to NPC and, you know, get, mm. you know, just dumps of exposition from from characters. You watch these hologram things play out. I think there is potential for a tighter narrative version of that story to be good. So I'm not excited per se, but, you know, I, I think there's potential for it to be something. Uh, the other show that Blackman's working on is called Orbital. Uh, it is a thriller event series set on the International Space Station. Orbital is an original concept by writers David and Keith Lynch, who are going to... I think it's that David Lynch, just for the, just for the record. <laughs> I just... There was a moment where you realised what you'd said. I just clocked there, David and Keith Lynch. I, I assume these are, like, brothers or something, and... Not that David. <laughs> yeah, David and Keith Lynch. I feel Lynch. like we'd know if it was that. Yeah. Uh, this would this would have been bigger news if it was that David Lynch, David Lynch doing a show on a the space station. Come on, like that'd be that's, all that's headlines. Yeah, but they're going to co-create the series and direct an episode. So, uh, yeah. So there's not much on that. It's just event series set in the International Space Station. Uh, but you know, I, I dig that as a setting for some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a solid setting. All right, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Um. All I can see is Steve Blackman with his glow sticks. He used to do like karate with his glow sticks in his hands. Why is wrestling so stupid? Because <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, HBO uh, are developing a show here. Uh, Amy uh, Anobi and her production company is Super Special. I've acquired the rights to the upcoming novel, The Niger Wife. I'm assuming that's how I pronounce it, and I'm not going to try any other way. Uh, but uh, author Vanessa uh, Walters uh, wrote the book, 
and they're developing it into a, a drama series under her overall deal at HBO. So this is, you know, one of these preemptive, the book's not out yet, but, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so the, it tells a story of Nicole uh, Oruwari, who has the perfect life, a handsome husband, a palatial house in the heart of the glittering Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, a glamorous, highly exclusive group of friends. She's a UK expat with two young children. Nicole left everything behind to become a Niger wife, a foreign bride of a Nigerian man. Uh, that's what it means, apparently. Uh, trading gloomy London along with her overreaching family for sunny, moneyed Lagos. So it sounds like it's like the opposite concept of like a male order bride. No, it is a male order bride. You're just ordering her from another country. It, it is, but there's certain <laughs> connotations, right? So the connotations to this seem to be slightly different. But why do you assume they didn't just meet and hit it off? I mean, they might have done. I got nothing from that description that said that there was mail ordering of some sort going on. Uh, there was assumptions, clearly, on my part, but we'll, we will see. Maybe I, just, I was right. She met a Nigerian man, they hit it off, and she, she moved to Nigeria. That's possible. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was just the, the fact that there was a, there's a phrase like to describe it, that it happens... Like, pretty regularly. Oh, okay, yeah. so you're thinking that's kind of, like, what they would say for, like... Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could, I, maybe it's just common for... to look for, for wives from outside the country, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, uh, no, however. Um, oh, there's more. Hold on, there's more of a plot here. Oh. <laughs> but when Nicole disappears without a trace from a boy... <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's one of those. Okay. They had a related story in between these two paragraphs, so I, th- I thought it was done. <laughs> but when Nicole disappears without a trace from a boat in the affluent Ekoyi Harbor, uh, the cracks in her so called perfect life start to show. When Nicole projects an image of effortless wealth and happiness, a very different picture soon begins to emerge one of depression and isolation and even violence. Who was the real Nicole and where did she go? So it's Gone Girl. It's a little bit. It's a little <laughs> Gone Girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it'll be bad, because Gone Girl's excellent, and like you know, you you could make a, a knockoff of that and still be very good. But, but it sounds an awful lot like Gone Girl. See, now I'm thinking she married a, a Nigerian man for like a you know because she's she's hiding from something. Like this is all a big con in her part. That's what I'm getting now from the rest of that. Maybe, yeah, yeah. There you go. That really changed our uh, perception of what the show is. It's <laughs> a so good job you continued reading, isn't it? I always do eventually look at the next paragraph just to see if there's anything interesting, if they give me an interesting fact. But sometimes they'll have a really long description split onto two paragraphs. All right. Next up, Amblin TV's teaming with Scholastic Entertainment and Marlee Maitland's Solo One Productions to co-develop and co-produce a limited series based on the Scholastic middle-grade memoir Signs of Survival, a Memoir of the Holocaust. All right, so <laughs> we're getting serious there for a minute. All right. Uh, Tone shift. So released in January, Signs of Survival tells the true story of Renee and Hertha, uh, two sisters who faced the unimaginable together. As Jews living in 1940s Czechoslovakia, Renee, Hertha, and their parents were in immediate danger when the Holocaust came to their door. As the only hearing person in her family, Renee had to alert her parents and sister when the sound of Nazi boots approached their home so they could hide. But soon their parents were tragically taken away and the two sisters went on the run. 
desperate to find a safe place to hide, communicating in sign language and relying on each other for strength, Renee and Herta would have to fight to survive in the darkest of times. Okay, so it's Holocaust Coda? Yeah, well, that's a really interesting spin. And it is based on a true story. This isn't just like a made-up thing, but... I assumed as much, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting. That is an interesting sort of caveat. that does make it a unique story to tell in this. Like, okay, because we've had stories of this kind of thing before, but, oh no, like, these characters are mostly deaf, except one person. Yeah, I've definitely not seen that done before. Like, like I said, there's, there's a lot of media, movies, TV, you know, books, comics, you know, around this topic. Yeah, but I don't and, think I've ever seen it done, you know, this specifically. And, you know, like, obviously there's the added danger of not being able to hear the danger coming, but also, I mean, I don't remember anything specific about deaf people, but the Nazis typically, you know, it wasn't just Jews and other types of, you know, you know ideologies and race. Anyone with a disability was targeted, and yeah. I, I feel like deafness uh, probably it, counted in that. It almost certainly would have done. But I assume as well, like, that there was presumably some upsides to it in that they, you know, both knew sign language and could communicate with each other, you know, very oh, I mean, easily. That, that's the one upside, yes. They, they know sign language is. and can use it as a tool, yeah. It is, yeah. But I mean, when they're already being persecuted for being Jewish anyway, whether you're deaf or not at that point, it's almost irrelevant. Well, makes makes hiding and running harder, but sure, sure. It, it does. In terms of, you know, they're coming after you either way, you know, yes, at yes. that point. Uh, so, you know, I, and I do wonder, you know, obviously not being familiar with this specific story, if if it did, you know, come hand, it come in handy in, in some situations. Oh, like I imagine that. it did. I imagine they were able to hide in places and still communicate whilst being completely silent. I mean, that helps. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it sounds like a, a story worth telling. I mean, it, it doesn't say, maybe it does say further down the, the, the story. I don't want to read ahead and find out, but I have no idea if they if they make it out, if they get to safety. Like, I, I don't know. No, my, my inclination is if if the story is being told. They probably did. It's, the, the, someone yeah, told there's, it. there's a record of their survival and someone told it, right? This is an assumption, but not necessarily. Yeah. That's oh, interesting. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah, this is a, it's a, it's an interesting uh, premise, uh, for sure. So, uh, moving on, Ellen Hildebrand's best-selling novel, a lot of novel adaptations these, isn't there? Uh, the Hotel Nantucket is in development at Warner Brothers TV. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, so, Sue Kroll said to executive produce, The series follows Nantucket's sweetheart, Elizabeth Keaton, who is desperately seeking a second act. Do you know what? I almost want a, a drinking reel for second act because it comes up every so often. You know, someone's second... Yeah, it's come up a few times. Like, someone who's a bit older starting fresh again kind of thing. All right, well, we'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, off a bad breakup with a long-time boyfriend. When she's named the new general manager of the Hotel Nantucket, uh, once gilded age gem turned abandoned eyesore, she hopes that her local expertise and charismatic staff can win the favour of the new London billionaire owner, Xavier Darling, as well as that of Shelley Carpenter, the wildly popular Instagram taste... I thought this was set in the past until I mentioned Instagram. <laughs> Instagram tastemaker who can help put them back on the map. 
this sounds like something I would probably completely and utterly hate. <laughs> um, no, I knew I knew it wasn't saying the past once it got to the point saying, uh, you know, the previous, you know, Gilded Age icon. Ah, sure, or yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way this is worth watching at all is if the the uh, the new London billionaire owner is someone very just eccentric, as like like you you or, or you know you have a, a particularly strong funny actor. I think what you do is you make it a sequel to Faulty Towers, and you have Basil Faulty somewhere along the way became a billionaire yeah. and now owns this hotel. <laughs> yeah, that you get like a. Uh, the guy who plays Roy Kent. Mm. So, so, you know, uh, you know, someone like who can pull off that sort of thing. Um. Oh my God, how am I blanking on his name? It's what we do in the shadows. Matt Berry. Matt Berry, thank you. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine Matt Berry as, as that character? I, I can see that. Okay. Okay. Uh, next up, we have a Fox show update. Uh, but we've not talked about this before, so I'm, I'm throwing it in here, because there was the, basically the, the, the main pair of casting happened this week. Uh, Scott Kahn, who was on Hawaii Five O, I believe I know him from the movie Ready to Rumble, of all things, with David Arquette. <laughs> I think that's where I know his face from. Uh, but him and uh, Dania Ramirez have been cast in Alert, which is a Fox show, a character-driven police procedural from the Blacklist showrunner. Is one of them something else? Well, let's find out, shall we? Alara is about the Philadelphia Police Department's missing persons unit. When police officer Nikki Parker's son goes missing, she joins the LAPD's missing persons unit to help her find people, uh, to help other people find their loved ones, even as she searches for her own son. Six years later, her world is turned upside down. It's set in Philadelphia. You can't put turned upside down in the description. You just can't. <laughs> Her world is flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> Even, uh, so anyway, um, when her ex-husband, Devin, shows up with proof-of-life photo of their missing boy, or is it? The series is a procedural drama with a search for a missing person in each episode that runs alongside the overarching storyline of Nikki and Devin's quest to find the truth about their the person claiming to be their long-lost son. So it's quite some time then after. I'm assuming that the sun's grown up a bit, and now they're, you know... They said six years. Oh, true, yeah. So, yeah, maybe he was, like, 11, and now he's, like, 17. So that's a, you know... Yeah. Significant enough of a difference that they, they can't tell. At face value, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know... It's a bit hokey. I guess it's technically a uh, buddy cop, where it's, like, one's an actual cop, and the other one's just her husband's. <laughs> Yeah, and like the first half of that description, it was like, oh, you know, she joins the uh, you know, the, the missing persons unit mm-hmm. for reasons. But I, I thought, okay, so it's it's buddy cop, but one's a regular detective and one's actually you know the, the missing people, you know, stuff. But you know, well, that's kind of the angle. But then you know, then it jumps forward in time. So she's been there <laughs> years at this point. I thought you were going to say there one's a regular cop and the other one's a missing person. I thought, how are they going to do that? That sounds great. <laughs> just halfway through the episode they go hang on a second I thought you were missing <laughs> guys I found him <laughs> oh dear uh, alright there you go that's alert uh, they're, they're all having really 
simple generic titles for these, don't they? Yeah, uh, I'm never going to remember that when you bring up Alert in a few no. weeks' time. Anyway, next up, and last up on this week's news, ABC have picked up The Company You Keep uh, to series, and this stars Milo Ventimiglia. Of course, he was one of the stars of This Is Us, which was also ABC, so this is them keeping one of their stars around. Uh, it's produced by 20th Television. You know, it used to be 20th Century Fox Television, but obviously times have changed. Um, so yeah, this is uh, one of these second cycle pilots, uh, but it's been picked up for mid-season, effectively. So, yeah. Where are we here? Where's the description? Oh, it's quite far down, this one, apparently. Uh, Alright. It follows Conman Charlie, an undercover... Sorry. It follows Conman Charlie and undercover CIA officer, Emma. A night of passion leads to love between the pair, who unknowingly are on a collision course professionally. Oh, oh, <laughs> that has to count. <laughs> well, Charlie ramps up the family business, in quotations, so he can get out for good. Emma's closing in on the vengeful criminal who holds Charlie's family debts in hand, forcing them to reckon with the lies they've told so they can save themselves and their families from disastrous consequences. I mean, I thought it already like crossed the line anyway but that last part just made sure <laughs> yeah yeah let me pick something out i think love affair and then a collision course professionally is already uh, i think that's already ticked the box but the ending sealed it <laughs> i will drink bourbon for the trashy american description i i almost thought you were gonna go two weeks in a row with no drinks but the last story yeah you, you did it abc abc <laughs> I, could, I, could, I forgot who it was for a second there Congratulations. No, you sounded like you were already drunk when you said that. <laughs> I literally haven't had a drop in, like, days. Uh, it's Monday. Counting the, counting the minutes, are we? No, I just happened to know I was out at a staff do on Monday, so I, dr I drank on Monday. I haven't had anything mm. since then. Uh, Funner staff do's are all, like, uh, like he, in his head he sees lots of people around him drinking and smiling and being happy, but he's actually just sat there on his own at a table. I was one of the most sober ones there. <laughs> yeah i find that yeah um impossible to believe i know you do but i i swear to you yeah i had like six drinks and i was which isn't that much uh i was you know borderline sober compared to most people there surely that depends on what you're drinking though two ciders couple of like double rum and cokes yeah but if you have six absinthe Sure, if I had six absinths, I'd probably be on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, six in general, like, that could, could be a yeah, lot, right. depending six what standard-sized drinks, okay. you know, a pint or a, a shot slash with a mixer, that, that that's a standard drink. So, so you go, go large or extra large when you're going up to get, get the well, you, you go, they go, do you want a double or a single? That That's the equivalent of, that, do you want to go large, I suppose? They, they should adopt fast food terminology. <laughs> Large, extra large, and super double XL, or whatever, or whatever you can get these days. It's the alcoholic special. Do you know? Fun fact: I've so like the 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 super size meals tend not to be a thing in the UK. It's mostly it just yeah, you know, medium and large. No, they definitely used to be. They, they tend not to be very often. The only places I have consistently seen them are Burger King, but not, not regular Burger Kings, only Burger Kings in train stations. 
Interesting. Okay. Like consistently, I, I'm assuming it's because you people are starving they, when they get off the train. <laughs> I, do you know where I think they sell a lot of them as well? Uh, end of the night trains, people getting home like after a night out. I think that's where they get a lot of like, hey, hey, hey do you want to go super? And that's where they upsell a lot of those. As as baffling. Hmm? Uh. All right. Good to know. Um. There you go, that's the TV <laughs> We end on that bit of, bit of weird trivia. If anyone wants to prove me wrong, I'd love to know, but it's just a trend I've spotted. Supersize was definitely a thing at McDonald's when I was in high school, because I remember a lot of people getting it at the time. But, I mean, I I, I don't know if I've seen it yeah. in the last like 10, 15 years, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It kind of went away. Uh, I think part of that as well is, like, new laws on obesity and Costing, you know, it ended up costing more to to mm. get the meals, and it was just not financially viable. Yeah, if someone really wants to be that fat, they can just order two things. It's fine. Well, I do on my breaks. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is we have a point system. Fry a large fries cost me two points, but a medium only cost me one, so I just get two medium fries. And then I go talk to whoever's there and go, just make those large. This is, I mean, you're on the record now. Like, this is going to be used as evidence in court one day. <laughs> uh, the, the, that I'm upselling myself to large fries. Mm, it's going to be your chicanery. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be in a courtroom one day <laughs> making a speech about your, your fries. <laughs> it was just some potatoes. <laughs> Tell that to Ireland. I was so glad you said that. I was about to make a joke about it myself. I was like, no, I need you to reply. You need to say something. <laughs> I don't think I've ever made that joke about Ireland and potatoes in my life, but the, 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 <laughs> that was just presented to me in such a platter I had to see it. So what else was on the platter? Large fries. <laughs> well, there you go, everyone. That is uh... <laughs> the TV news. That's almost cancelled. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you can, of course, like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, hit the super thanks button to make a donation, or go over to patreon.com slash TV, and uh, you can support us on a, on a regular monthly basis and help keep all the content coming. But otherwise, that is me, so thank us, uh, so even, it's both of us. Yes. Uh, how dare you? It's not my fault you stopped doing I'm, most of the TV reviews, I've gotten used to I'm, doing them on my own. I'm the star here. <laughs> the st- <laughs> Stop. I am what people come to this show for. I mean... Uh, well, there's a uh, reason you can't do the news solo. Because they're here for me. <laughs> I, I, look, look, if I, are you going to start following the drinking rules if I'm not here? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not going well, exactly. to start drinking alcohol just to replace your drinking game rules. So what you're saying is I'm irreplaceable. Therefore, I, no, no, I, no, 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 no. I am no, no, the main no, no, draw here. No, you, you can be replaced by anyone who drinks alcohol. That's not a pretty big pool of people. <laughs> <laughs> not people that you know. Uh, I mean, Tara and Tim both drink alcohol. Matt, Matt's out of the question. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he, he won't do it. But still, <laughs> there's options. Anyway, that is that's been the show. Thank you very much everyone for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>